The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is up? Welcome to episode number 259 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by Mr. Snort himself, Nick Pollock. <laughs> what is happening? If you guys notice, Fast just said joined by, um, and if you listen to the yeah, previous why episode. Did, last week, why did you say I never said that? I say joined literally every episode. Oh, how dare you do why this do to you, me? Why do you, you, how dare you gaslight me right now? Nick, you swore! You swore! Nick! <laughs> You're in the this murder is, This is what I have to deal with. Who are you everyone. looking at? You just I, look I'm, towards a fake stream. I, I can't look at you. I just I can't <laughs> look at you right now. Um, you call me snorting because if you guys have been following me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash picture list, mm-hmm. when you subscribe, uh, it's the sound of a snort that I made during yes. the first pitch podcast. Yes, the original impetus for uh, Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence <laughs> is this snort. Uh, it's amazing, and if you aren't checking out that live stream, you should. Where can they find this yes. live? Where are you doing it? When are you doing it? How yep. are you doing it? 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. Monday through Friday on twitch.tv slash pitchlist. It's absolutely free. Just come on by. You get to ask mm. all the questions you want. Uh, I also do it uh, for four hours on Mondays. I actually went a little bit over four hours as I went through the list today. I'm going to blame Oscar Enola, okay? Yeah, he did. So we can start with that. Yeah. I mean, like, you're obviously, you're going to get the news tomorrow morning in the First Pitch Podcast, which you should be listening to each week. I hope you've been enjoying it on the weekends. We've been mm. getting some of the people from the podcast crew getting their own episodes. That's not going to go away. While I do miss you guys, it is nice to be able to introduce you to the vast swarth of our cadre. I don't know if that sentence makes any sense. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah sure. Love it. Uh, the vast swarth. That makes sense. A vast swath. swarth. Swath. That's what I'm looking swath. for. The vast swath. Yeah. Of our cadre. More, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Either way, it's all a mess. Uh, I, I hope you've been enjoying that. Yes, uh, and that's been great. But we're yeah. going to break down Oscar Noah tomorrow. But with that said, come on, like what? It was like well, the I best. Mean, I, I just feel bad for him. I mean, that that was a moment he of rage. It. I know, and I, I'm saying like it. That's imagine, imagine like the frustration to drive you to do that. Yeah, and then after it's just even worse now. You know, that's just a, that's a whole. I know feeling. that frustration. I yeah. played Dark Souls. I understand. Yeah, sure, that sure. Fr- I've broken tables by accident. Yeah, but that. not your hand that prevents your team from having success. Like yeah. that's all self-inflicted. But this is actually like he's laying down his teammates, and he knows this. And yeah. I, you know, I'm not trying to put more on him. I just. I, uh, I no, feel he for his guilt. Yeah, you know? of course. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure, you know, he would very much, he immediately regretted it, and it stinks, and you feel bad for the Braves, you feel bad for all the fans. It stinks. Yeah, and you can drop him. It's going to be months. 
drop them. Well, yeah. store them. If, I mean, store if you them have the space. Yeah, but you're going to have that decision where you're going to need that IL spot and be tempted just to hold on to it. Don't. Just, yeah. Yeah. He'll stay on the wire for a long time. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm going to jump to this because I know that he is not on the list, and uh, I want to make sure we get to him because God knows we're probably going to go a little bit long on Why this get one. Get out of here. That's my line. If you, if you, if he was called up immediately, okay, yeah. there's one starting pitching prospect who's been making a lot of noise, people getting pretty excited about what he's been doing so far, mm. and Alec Manoa. Sure. Manoa. Uh, well, yeah, what you, you give me a look when you just said that. I don't what, know. What are you thinking? I don't know. I just think, am I saying it right? And it sounds funny when I say it out loud. I've read it so many times and thought it. And I, I, I spent a dollar on Fob and got him in my home league today. Okay. If he was debuting manana, where would he be on this list? So I don't know, but I, well, okay. I would have to watch him every time. I don't really make a proper assessment until I watch the guy. Yeah. Uh, especially in the majors. I think things kind of change sometimes when you get to the majors as opposed to the, the scouting report and everything that we get. But they do an amazing job for the most part and you know, definitely read all of those things, of course. Uh, I will say this. The list is structured in a way where the top, I think this week it's the first seven tiers or so, maybe eight, mm-hmm. really seven. That's the top 42, which are the ones that you are not dropping. You are holding on to these guys, um, and that includes that kind of stash tier of tier seven, but you are still holding on to Castillo. You're still holding on to Charlie Morton, et cetera. Et cetera. Really, if you want to say the top 34, like, I am not getting rid of those. Yeah. That's for six tiers, okay? After that, once you get into tier eight, look, if you have Andrew Heaney right now and you don't have Andrew Heaney anymore, a 12-teamer, it's not going to be a detrimental thing. It's not going to be like my league has been lost. Yeah, okay. Right? So what I'm assessing right now is it's in the tier eight, tier nine situation is where we start going after these exciting young players because, hey, if it does work out, then that's someone that is possibly inside that tier six. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden that's top 35 and can really, really make that impact for the year. That's why Shane McClanahan is at 46. Okay. Okay. Because now he's throwing 75 pitches, 80 pitches or so, right? Sure. 5.1 innings over the weekend and his stuff is amazing. That can be a guy that can be a massive impact through the year. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you know, say, I don't know, um, I want to say even in Tier 9, we have Chris Bassett and Christian Javier, 59-60. That's really the limit of like, well, I'm not going to feel as if now I've lost my league because I don't have those guys. Yeah. And I, I found myself actually gravitating lower on because I really like Domingo Herman. Eflin is actually striking a lot of guys. Uh, Zach Greinke, I think, is a somewhat of a rock for your teams. Madison Bumgarner, so 92.6, all that fun stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, fine, let's just make that line tier 9. That's probably where I would have Alex Manoa then, so that's around 60, where it's, it's in your best interest just to take that chance because whoever you're swapping out for it, say it's, uh, I don't know, uh, Garrett Richards, Yeah. maybe Garrett Richards will pan out, but it's not going to be a, a league-ending thing if that doesn't work out, right? Yeah, you know, if you're, uh, I mean, it's so difficult because there's so many nuances and so many situations. If you're really looking to stash Alec Manoa, then there's a good, well, I don't want to say there's a good chance, but there's a ch- it depends on where you are in your league. If you're like, hey, I need a long shot, then you don't really need to worry about who you're dropping because your team isn't probably doing well right now to sure. begin with. You know what I mean? Like in my home league, I'm getting destroyed because I didn't have any good keepers. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to spend a dollar on him and just stash him. So uh, uh, where am I going with that? I'm just saying that if you're in that position where it's likely that you're going to pick him up, you probably don't really need to worry about who you're going to drop because there's probably two or three guys in your team already that you're like, I do not care. Why am I going to hold on to Logan Webb and John Gray? Like, I oh, can man, drop them for Alec oh, yeah, that's, that's at the very bottom. I uh, So, I, I will say this. There's arguments on both sides of this, right? Like, if you're in first, 
should you be investing for later on? No, I should just keep getting, you know, sure. taking advantage of the fact that I'm ahead, right? If I'm in last, I'm not stashing. I have to catch back up. Yeah. Right? So there, there's a thought of like, oh, you should never stash. And what the reality is, if you feel you're in a position where you still can be successful right now, you should be investing still for the future while having a nice balance of making sure you have starts. Now, yeah. There, there are a lot of guys I've seen that I have so much sympathy for. They have Castillo. They have Ma- uh, Maeda. They have Morden. They have Tyon. You know? Yeah, they have these guys that are we know that by like June 1st or whatever are going to be successful, or at least we feel confident that they will. We don't know. Of course not. Sure. Uh, but you feel like you can't get rid of them because of that. You have to let go of one mm-hmm. because now you're going to fall behind too far where then even if they do pan out later on, it's still too little time to to catch up essentially, right? If it's just like one more start, then maybe, but you got you to gotta just cut your losses and kind of adapt. Now, I will say if you're at the bottom, Manoa isn't the guy you should be going for. You should be focusing on using those spots to stream and catch up now. Streaming is actually pretty successful right now. There are a lot of good arms and matchups to be taking advantage of. Look, Albert Alzale, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying this now before I know what happens tonight, mm-hmm. but Alzale was available in under 20% of leagues as he goes against Cleveland. Yeah. To me, that's a really good, or maybe the Nationals, rather. I think it's maybe the Nationals. One of the two. He's having a great start set up for tonight. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm starting him there. I think you can take advantage of this if you keep playing those streams. Another person that was kind of shockingly available was Luis Garcia this past week yeah. against the Rangers. I was a little shocked that he wasn't Absolutely. picked up Absolutely. He anymore. was my stream. He was a green one. Like, that's green being uh, a confident one and yellow being a, a hesitant one for my daily streaming picks, right, on the site. By the way, if you're not reading those, you should. I rank every starter every day and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's great. It is fantastic. It's a lot of questions I get. And uh, to to uh, <laughs> um, that wasn't it wasn't the best start ever for for Luis Garcia, but it was still it didn't it one wasn't run a loser. Five innings. Yeah, one and run five innings with five Ks and two walks, and he still you got go. you the win too. So yeah. really, in a, in a lot of ways, Wonderful. that's exactly what you're great. asking for there. Yes. Can I stop saying things. Yeah, all uh, the way up there. By the way, yeah, um, I have a TikTok now. Yes. Nick Pollock PL. Yes. Uh, you have a TikTok. Alex Fast PL, which is where base hits is going to, oh, man. You know, gonna be. We, we just did, recorded. Oh, we, we didn't record send it. that. I didn't send it to Sperry. Oh, we'll no. do that. It's okay. You got to That right. was the whole point. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'll send this to Sperry right now. And there you go, Sperry. Just like that. You just snap my fingers. Yeah. And there it is. It's just sent to you. Thanos over here. Yeah, so you should be following. Uh, I, I've been doing it for a little while, and it's fun. And then Nick came in, did one in Otani, and he was like, here's a billion hits. <laughs> Uh, so you should be checking it out because the breakdowns that Nick is okay. doing both on YouTube, both on TikTok are absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, we're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Look at us. We're little Gen Zers. Yeah. We've got uh, YouTube uh, uh, pitching breakdowns I do now. You, yeah. can, you can watch them live on Twitch, but then, of course, they'll also go out on YouTube. Uh, huge thanks to Ethan Kaplan, Justin Redler, Eli Sussman, and Jessica Roscoe for making all this happen. Yeah. Um, they are awesome behind the scenes helping out with all that stuff. So They are crushing it. Yes, they are. Uh, as are you. You're putting out quality content right. daily, my okay, friend. Buddy. And you love to see it. Uh, speaking of the quality content that you put out, this isn't daily. It's weekly, and it's what we all look forward to. I can't sleep the night before it happens, and then I just want to talk about it all day, and that is the list. Mm. It's out today, and I, I, we didn't get any, I didn't see any negative feedback about how we approached the podcast last week, so I think we were going to do the exact same thing. Oh, I actually saw a lot of positive feedback. You did? Yeah, a lot of people liked it. Good. I, I think it's great. I think it's a, it's a much more engaging discussion. That's fine. I, am, I have never read positive feedback about me because my eyes go into the back of my head when I see anything positive. It's terrifying. And it I, is so <laughs> scary. I see it all the time because yeah. I just give them endless praise. And I just go catatonic for weeks. Um, all right, so we are going to hop in and we're going to do this via tears again. And one thing that I actually want to stress a little bit more 
that I didn't do last week that I want to do this mm. week is uh, emphasizing the purpose of each tier. Sure. Why? What went into the logic of the tier? Now, with that said, this one's going to be pretty easy. Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber are comprised of tier one. Uh, DeGrom, as soon as he returns, will slot in immediately into tier one at position number one. I do want to ask, why the flippy floppy? Why did Garrett, goal, Garrett Cole go to number one and Shane Bieber to number two? I, Garrett Cole has just been much better, and Shane Bieber, actually, my video today was about Shane Bieber's uh, lackluster inning, mm-hmm. essentially. <clears throat> He's just not dominating the same way that Cole is right now. He's also playing for a winning ball club. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really, really close, but the fact that Bieber is stumbling and Cole is just completely dope, yeah, I mean, that's all I really needed. You, you don't really need much, I think, when it comes to one and two. Like, even if you were just like, Cole's going to get more wins, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's a very <laughs> well, good point. Well, I, mean, I said last week that Bieber is getting more strikeouts, mm-hmm. essentially. But, I mean, it's it's unbelievably close, and it's just yeah, Cole's just performing better. So here you go. Now, yeah. so Tier 2 obviously filled with uh, a lot of amazing pitchers, not a lot of movement. I'm going to get to the minimal movement there, but I said I was going to ask you about what went into each tier, and now sure. here I am. What goes into Tier 2? I mean, Tier 2 are still elite studs. They're just not quite at the track record of Cole and Bieber. Uh, like, Darvish has had his volatility. Bauer is kind of acting like uh, a guy in Tier 1, but we've seen in 2019 how they can kind of go to the wayside really quickly. And so on and so forth through this. And we have Brandon Woodruff and Bueller swapping, six and seven. Yeah. Woodruff has just kind of done it better than Bueller, and they both have injury concerns. Uh, or not injury concerns, I should say playing time concerns. As sure. the Dodgers, we expect to have some Dodgeritis with Bueller and not let him go over 200 innings. While the Brewers have said to Woodruff, hey, we're not going to let you likely go over 200 innings. The whole 100 inning thing. Yeah. So they both are even in this way, and Woodruff is just doing it better. He's been a little bit more consistent. Yeah, pretty amazing, too. There isn't any movement here, but, man, just kind of wild to see Woodruff and Burns in the top well, 10. That. Unbelievable. You know, remember when we were just uh, wasting breath uh, debating them both in the 2019 offseason, before the season? Oh, man. Which one, wow. Burns or Woodruff? Burns or Woodruff? And it's funny. I think at that moment, I chose correctly and then ended up choosing incorrectly up and after that point. Well, I, I was all on the Burns train because he had the best pitch of the two. Yes. That I thought, which was the slider. Which, by the way, he doesn't, like, throw anymore. It's, like, 10% and change. It's sure. just this cutter that came out of nowhere. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Um, I think, actually, I got a question. I know this is a tangent, but I got a question, like, hey, so who are the kind of guys that if they added one thing or made that tweak, they could be, like, Burns or so? Mm. And that is impossible to answer because it's like, I, yeah, I can, sure, Burns is going to change this four-seamer that is incredibly home-run prone yeah. to become one of the most elite pitches by shifting it from a four-seamer into embracing the cut action on it. Yeah. Right? I mean, those are the kind of things that you just, you can't actually foresee. Now, his raw stuff is the velocity and he had good movement and stuff it is there. But we, we see that stuff all the time. You know, I mean, we see... We see guys like have amazing roster. Look at Kyle Wright, for example. Kyle mm. Wright has some pretty good stuff. Jorge Lopez has been on, you know, Saris's, uh, yeah, you know, the leaderboards stuff, yeah. and all that kind of stuff all the time. It just doesn't work. Josh James, you know, I mean, he got injured a bit, and maybe that was going to work, but all the time we see that stuff, we just never know if they're going to make the right adjustments or not. Yeah, so, that's 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 glad the, to see the Burns did. No, yeah, of course, that's the difficulty of it. I mean, like uh, uh, Boyd is another guy who comes to mind where it's like, mm. yeah, just change that slider or back, whatever, get the go. slider back. You know what I mean? It's funny, and it's the things that you can never predict that are what usually leads to the success. And then sometimes in hindsight, it just makes so much sense, which makes it even more frustrating. But once again, you still can't predict it. So that is, uh, it's not a large tier, but it's got a good amount of people inside of tier two, tier three, a little bit smaller, just Nola, Flaherty, Lynn, and Glass. Now, why are they in tier three? Why are they? not in tier two and why is that tier so teeny it's so teeny the teeny tier 
I Aaron Nola just struggled, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's not an ace anymore," or something like that. It's like one outing. It, it was in Dunedin. Yeah, in Dunedin is the worst place to pitch right now. Someone yelled at me on my Twitter about mispronouncing Dunedin, and I was like, "Dog, that ain't me." And I, I think I know who it was, even though you nailed it right there. Of mm. course. But Are you I, saying it was me? It might have been. Uh, that could have been me. a Dun a Dun. Dun a Dun. Uh, either way, anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Anyway, I uh, it is the worst place to pitch because yes. it is it, very home run prone, and it's the Jays' offense as opposed to say the Rockies' offense. Mm. So you want to think about cores. This is I I, I got to get like some flashy name for the Florida version of cores. Mm. Is it floors? I don't know. No, it's terrible. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mm. know. Yeah, I don't know. Tough. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. one. We might have to crowdsource mm. that we'll, one. We'll figure that out. But anyway, Aaron Nola just went in there. I'm not gonna change anything based on that. He actually threw a ton of changeups, which is really cool. Had success with it. Just the curveball wasn't as good. But it's kind of encouraging. Like, oh, you have your changeup now. That's that's good. But that's what's so kind of funny about I mean, we talked about a little Nola last week where it was like three years ago, we were like, Yeah, there it is, that Nola curveball. Last year we were like, Here we go, Daddy, that Nola changeup. In the beginning of this year we were like, Okay, Nola four seamer. And it makes so much sense then that that changeup is kind of coming back into form. And that's why I think it's a little bit crazy to think there is going to be any severe regression because all three of those pitches in and of themselves have proved to be weapons based right. on their usage rates. So yeah, it's just kind of an influx of like what's going on today. You know? Sure, and that's cool uh, with me. That, that does remind me of someone that's not on the list. It's Jose Quintana. Have you been following what Jose Quintana has been doing? I think he's been better than I uh, and uh, we ever thought he would be. Right? Or am I crazy there? Well, I don't. I don't actually know the season long thing. Okay. Uh, he had two starts in his last three. Okay. Okay. Um, in these starts, neither one of them was over five innings. Sounds good. But here's the thing: one of them, he threw curveballs a ton. I mean, we're talking like more than any pitch that okay. he threw. Um, at the bottom of the zone, had 17 whiffs on this. Really? Yes. This was, uh, I believe, against the Rays, okay? Okay. Then over the weekend, Quintana, 4.1 innings, like, did not do well. Yeah. But he went heavy on four seamers, had 12 whiffs on it, all of them concentrated up. Interesting. Okay, so all I want to do is, like, make an overlay gif of just, like, patch them together, like... Each of those, you know, I even joked that it was like a rom-com. I was like, Mr. Blue meets Mr. Red, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they, together, they are amazing, but separate, they can't survive, you know? <laughs> uh, it's like, that's, oh, it's so, he's so close, and it's weird. It's Jose Quintana. When have we ever talked about him in this way Not of being whiff-heavy and yeah. great? But he had that day of curveballs being so good, and that day of forcing was really being collected at the top. Like, we're talking Jake Odorizzi levels mm-hmm. of success up in the zone with it. It's just maddening. Like it makes me think that he's so close to all of a sudden realizing that, but I, I can't. I can't do that. The, the reason he I was incorrect in thinking. Oh yeah, hasn't he had actually a pretty good start? No, the reason I Quintana was has not. No, he hasn't. But he also has. I I don't think I've ever seen quite a differential over this many innings before. He has an eight point five three ERA. Right. He's a four point. He has a four twenty FIP. Yeah, because it's the strikeouts, right? He's got like a thirty percent strikeout rate or something. What is it? Yeah, he's got well, he's got a fifteen percent K per nine or fifteen percent K per nine. Excuse me, a fifteen K per nine with thirty two percent. Fifteen K per nine. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a fourteen point five seven K per nine. Right, but right, he's right, a, right, right. Thirty two percent K rate. Well, okay. So if you're wondering, oh wait a second, shouldn't that be a higher percentage of a strikeout rate because it's a fourteen point seven five K per nine? But he goes three innings. Well, well, it's because it, no, it's because he still faces is a ton of batters. He's walking them and they're getting on and everything like that. And this is why strikeout rate yeah. is better than K per nine because you get a better representation 
of how much the you know how effective they are. Although if you do want to look at his walks per night, it is about uh, seven. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Which is unbelievable. I imagine that's like a twelve percent. But then walk again, rate or something. No, five walks against the Dodgers and no walks against Boston. I know. We're not even. This is not even on the list. I know it is bizarre. <laughs> it is kind of a strange it's anomaly so that, that is happening with him right now. Oh. He is not in tier three. I don't think we ever really <laughs> exactly explained why tier three is. I what mean, it tier is. three is really solid. They just aren't at the level of being super elite like they are in tier two, but they are definitely better than the ones in tier four. So that's interesting. Then. Let's bring it into tier four. Why would Ryu not break into that tier three list? Uh, he just came back from injury a bit, and <laughs> I feel like he's, you know. It's you can say whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, Ryu, to me, doesn't have the same overwhelming upside as, say, like Jack Flaherty mm-hmm. uh, or Aaron Nola in this way. Uh, so that's why, I mean, it like tier three is like this tried and true. We know, like, these guys are going to be studs for a bit. Sure. Ryu, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I recognize the last two seasons Ryu has been unbelievable. Uh, it's just, yeah, he's easing into it more. He's more of like a, a contact suppressor, and hopefully he'll keep that 26% strikeout rate. Now, uh, this is actually kind of a, a really fun tier, uh, and to me, usually the fun tiers don't start a little bit later, but there is a lot of fun happening in this tier, and I want to know, of the people in tier four, who is the biggest shock to you mm. that they are here? I mean, I, I don't know, think right? it really is a shock. That I mean, you you thought John, I don't think you maybe thought maybe John Means was going to be 18, but I don't think that's that much of a shock. You thought John Means was going to be really good, and he's been really good. Max Fried isn't too much of a shock, although we can get to him in a minute. Who is the biggest shock of the people on this team? I mean, it has to be Trevor Rogers at 20. I thought you were going to go Kevin Gaussman. Okay, Trevor Rogers at 20. I mean, I, I did call, I'm not going to shy away from it. I did call Kevin Gaussman. If there's someone that was going to be like the Nick Pavetta of this year, it mm. was Kevin Gaussman. No, I did say that. I did at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not no, going to say who, that. No, there was someone else that you were like, this is this year's Nick Pavetta. It's Kevin Gaussman. It was? I thought it was like Dustin May or something. All right, it could have been. Yeah. But uh, I mean, with Kevin Gaussman, I was worried that like he's just a two-pitch pitcher. He's only had that success in 2020, really. And I mean, it was it was Marco Gonzalez. Sure, if you want to see that. It was Freed. That's what you said. Maybe that was that two was, years that ago. That was in 2020. Oh, okay. So I'm really bad at predicting this year's <laughs> Nick Pavetta. <laughs> Just don't listen to me. Get the Even guy that I say. Nick Pavetta is not this year's I mean, Nick, Nick Pavetta. Pavetta. I streamed him for a two-star week. It was great. Yeah, it's we had, I mean, it wasn't amazing, but hey, it got me some case, and I streamed him against you, and it was wonderful. That was uh, week one, right? Week two. We, or one. No, yeah, week one. Was it but week the, one? Yeah, the extension of, because then it ended up being oh, two weeks. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. all's well that great. ends well. I'm higher in the standings today. Is that right? I am. Oh, wow. Look at you. I'm proud of you. Even without Corey Seager, Cattell Marte, Lucas Giolito being a garbage fire, I'm Yeah, I'm, I, have I'm no, I have no problem with my team whatsoever. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, I am very happy to see Kevin Gaussman here. Uh, Julio Urias at 16 is wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about it, rates and barrels and everything like that, about the new breaking ball working out for him well. Uh, he had that. He had a bad start two starts ago, but honestly, he pitched well in it. It was just one of those things. Um, Zach Wheeler, I can't get. I can't. I just can't get away from. He has actually a low uh, CSW rate for the year, mm. but he is so good with that heater, and it allows him to go deep into games constantly. Uh, and I do wonder. I mean, I, I've 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 thought that maybe Zach Wheeler's slider can take that next step and really turn it into that big whiff pitch. I don't actually buy that as much anymore. But it's still a very effective number two because that fastball is just so good. Mm. If you want to get more of an exploration on what Zach Wheeler's doing or how his pitches are or maybe what his game day CSWs are, you really should be checking out the player pages because yes. they are absolutely fantastic ways. Uh, I mean, there's so many amazing metrics on there, too. There's also, like, a great strengths and weaknesses tab, too. Mm. That's, like, a lot of fun to look at. I don't know if you guys are checking out those player pages because I know that, you know, they were created and they're a little bit new. But one of my favorite features of it is you can just go look at each each 
start CSW rate because Nick yeah. is right. Overall, 27.8% CSW is only eclipsed 30 twice with his most recent being 29.6. It's a great feature that you guys should be checking 55% out. 55% ground ball rate, mm. which is, I mean, when it comes to ground ball rate overall for me, I, I've realized over the years I used to be super into it. And then I went away from it, realizing like a high biobips and everything like yeah. that. High biobips. I know. High biobips and everything. High biobips, and then I and then I realized, oh no, ground ball rate is really good. You can't you can't stop laughing. High biobips. <laughs> That's unreal. High dirt. Yeah. Okay. Hi, dirt. Um, if you don't know the story of high dirt, please please DM us. Yeah, uh, it's wonderful. Uh, no, you want to have high ground ball rates with high swing strike rates. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, right? If yeah. you have those two combined, and all of a sudden now you're getting strikeouts and you're avoiding home runs. Yeah, you're getting that weak right? contact. That's generally the the, uh, the appeal there. You have a 10.6% swing strike rate on that four-seamer for Wheeler, which is very good. Overall, it's a 12.5% uh, swing strike rate for uh, for Wheeler. That's good. That's above average, and we have a 50% uh, ground ball rate. And those things combined essentially allow him to go deep into games not kill your ERA. It's a 285 ERA, the 102 whip right now with a 27% K rate. Yeah. 53 innings thrown. Actually, almost 54. Yeah, that's nice. He's wonderful. Turning into that really kind of nice, reliable workhorse for them, which is really great to see. Now, I am a little bit curious about uh, Max Fried rising seven. It wasn't it wasn't a gem against Toronto. Mm. One earned run, three walks, four Ks, sub 30% CSW. So why how, he jumped seven into the top yeah. 20. So uh, one thing actually I want to mention, by the way, about those player pages, these are our pitcher list p- player pages. You can go mm. to pitcherlist.com slash players slash first name hyphen last name yep. to go to it or just use our search bar, of course. The best feature we added fast the SB Roundup blurbs are inside of the game log. Yeah, that's nice. Every single blurb I've written about the guy, instead of going through the SB Roundups anymore, you can actually just look at it in the game log. Just click uh, any start the line. You'll see it expanded out. You'll see the pitches that they threw and the SB Roundup in my blurb I wrote. You can also do click all in the top left corner and see all of them. It's it's I use it. <laughs> it helps me like recollect everything that I was feeling through the year. It is great, and I can so, go ahead and read the SP roundup of Max Fried's start last week. It's pretty refreshing go. to see Freed. You don't Freed. need me. Come on. It's pretty refreshing to see Freed settle into the arm we all saw him to be during the preseason, and I wasn't even the high guy on him. That mm. slider was lovely, and I hope to be awarding Freed the ace is going to ace label soon, maybe two or three starts once he really shows everything is fine. Right. I actually did the uh, breakdown of one of his innings. Uh, he's, I think he's locked in right now. Okay. Um, I think his curveball is looking good. I think the slider is being that with pitch as well. And fastball command is good enough. It's like, oh yeah, Max Reed is is a dependable starter. And when you look at this tier, I I, I want to give him the ace is going to ace label. I feel he's going to get it. It's just too soon. I generally wait about five starts or so, and he just hasn't really done that since coming back from the IL yet. But I feel very confident uh, if I uh, roster Max Reed. Speaking of the ace is going to ace label and what happens when we put it on particular pitchers, we move into Tier 5, which we will break down why it is called Tier 5 momentarily. But Sandy Alcantara. I know. Had the ace is going to ace label. I know. I messed up fast. All okay, right. I messed I'll, up. I'll, I'll let you do your mea culpa. I messed up. All right, great. There it is. There, <laughs> no, I mean, even as I gave it to him, I was like, oh, but he gets the Dodgers soon. I might as well just wait for that test. You said that last week, too. Yeah. I know. And I was I was really not. Ugh. Anyway, I will say this, right? The ace is going to ace is a label that essentially says, look, doesn't matter what matchup they have, I am starting them and I expect them to do well. Mm. Right? It was actually started because I was wanted to be lazy during the roundup. 
I didn't want to tell you that Max Scherzer was good every time. Mm. So I just wanted to say three words. Ace is going to ace. Like, yeah. you don't need me. Move on. Yeah. Now I I have to add, like, two sentences every time. Like, the whole Why? purpose of it. It's just I feel like, it, it, I, well, there's things to talk about with this one, you know? Oh, my God. He had 13 whiffs on his four seamers or whatever. Like, I can't just should, say Ace is going to ace anymore. We should do some 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 research here because it's funny. I always feel really guilty doing the uh, first pitch breaking down pitchers that we know are good. Like I never break. Oh, that. I never do them. Yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. I like. Do you? I, I wonder if people even need to read the Max Scherzer blog. Oh, do they even read the lines, do, or they just see? You know, I want to go down to my streamer and figure out what he did, or I want to go down to the hot hand. I want to go down to so. Robbie Ray. Yeah. yeah, that'd be curious to know. So, so what? So you committed your mea culpa about Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, you brought your side of the case. He, he <laughs> I mean, obviously, he only falls three. You can understand it because this list is more about being forward thinking, not necessarily it, punishing. It was because one of inning against stars. the Dodgers. Yeah, you know, and it which just is almost how long of, you went in the game. There it is. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, it was, it was that second frame. Um, I will say this: you're thinking, oh, he just had like bad luck in the field, and like don't drop him at all. Then it did expose an element to Alcantara is that he's not a whiff heavy guy. Mm. He can get whiffs, but he's not quite at that moment where he's just going to carve it up. Yeah. and give you like a 35 percent strikeout rate constantly. Yeah, that's just not in the the skill set of Alcantara as long as that slider isn't quite polished. So right now, it's a really good fastball and a really good changeup that is not always there. Mm. Like, he'll he'll get into some deep counts where he's trying to do the right pitch and he knows what it is and just doesn't quite execute it. But the stuff is so real. I mean, we're talking 92, 93 mile per hour changeup that just falls off the table. Yeah. And 98 mile per hour sinkers that are a really good sinker. I'm okay with this one, right? Uh, the slider is working He's working on it. It's it's oh, it's it's close. It's not quite there yet. So hopefully Alcantara can take that leap. But this start kind of did expose like right when he's having a tough inning like that. He doesn't have the repertoire that can be like, no, I got to get a strikeout right now. I can't rely on the Babbitt. Correct me if I'm wrong, but to me this tier is kind of like, <laughs> you got you guys are aces, right? Like, yeah, you well, guys are really good, that's right? That's tier five: Alcantara, Giolito, Plesac, Musgrove, Gray, and McCullers. Like I want to give them all aces going to ace labels. I had to take it away from Giolito. Mm-hmm. Because it's been four starts, uh, of, and it hasn't been great with that fastball command. The changeup was much better last time, though. I am encouraged, uh, but he does need to improve that fastball command. Yeah, and it's tough to not give the ace is going to ace label to Plezak, who almost pulled off that no hitter. But right. then, you know, that last lo- his final line is not really indicative of kind of absolutely not. Yeah, how how could he was how, how well he was pitching. Um, He's probably assuaged. I mean, I don't want to speak for you. Has he assuaged a few of the concerns that you had earlier on in the season? Well, introducing the knuckle curve um, that he apparently learned from Bieber, not bad. Is uh, is really good against lefties. I mean, I remember you 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 were very smart, hmm. astutely. I wanted to say that's not a word, is it? Astutely? Yeah. No, that's not a word. <laughs> it was astutely? Very, yeah, maybe. I very yeah. astutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You recognized that uh, that police act was very exclusive, throwing the lefties and righties, yeah. uh, separating the changeups and sliders. So instead, against the lefties, instead of just throwing only changeups, you introduce this curveball that was, wait, this is really good. And that changes everything for Plesak in a positive way. I think it's my Eno Saris impression. What? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, yeah. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, he'll be, yeah. like, he'll be like, he's just yeah. not that good, you know? Yeah. 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 I love him. He's the best. He is the best. Uh, all right. Sonny, I, let's, let's call I him. <laughs> I wish you call him. Should we call him right now? Um, <laughs> that would be, we've done that before. Did we call Justin Mason yeah, on the cast a while ago? Yeah, yeah. What was that about? Caleb Smith, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Mm. And I, I just went on his uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits, uh, oh, no, the TGFBI podcast, and we had a nice little fun victory lap about Kyle Gibson together because that was very much he and I versus you and Paul. Um, and we got to get our victories where first. we can. 
I, I've been saying it's a Vargas rule. No, no, no. But even in the past, I, I remember he and he and Paul used to be. Oh very yeah, well yeah. Idiotic. I remember. I remember. Yeah, after 2017, I wrote an article for for him about mm. like Kyle Gibson's eight starts in the year. I'm like, hey, maybe there's something actually good. He's like, no way. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you would say no way. That's a very understandable thing oh, to say without like, all the time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> without a doubt. If Paul, you Paul listens too. Oh, of course. And Paul will tell me it would be the first person to say like Nick. Like I've told you no way so many times. And no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, very. This fair. isn't an indictment. <laughs> Of Paul. We love Paul. Paul's the best. Yeah, hey, it's just a Kyle Gibson thing. Yeah, but Paul, shut up. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He'll, he'll get a kick out of it. Uh, I hope. Please, Paul. Um, all right, we're going to move yeah, on to tier six. I only call him Paul and upset him, so sorry, Spore. I apologize oh, yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah that is funny. Uh, tier six, what's going on here? What's going on here? What? What's, what's, what? <laughs> okay, Dad. Uh, tier six is kind of interesting. I think it's a mix of guys that I am I'm a bit excited about. There are some that are kind of going downwards. Some are going up. It's kind of a mix of them. They're all mingling together at a party. Your boy Dylan Bundy hasn't been good lately. No, he's not. But it was also against the Dodgers and the Red Sox, and I can't really judge him that harshly for that. It was two strike counts where the damage happened. Does that sound familiar to you uh, from it's Dylan Bundy? unbelievably insane how that's been a through line in his career. I just think that it's something that, oh, okay, Dylan Bundy knows better than this, and this will be rectified moving forward. So I'm not too concerned about Dylan Bundy, but I had to push him down this tier for that. Blake Snell, I think people wanted me to push him down farther because he went to San Diego. And we're like, oh, finally, this man can go six innings again. Uh, yeah, and now. Now, he hasn't done it yet this year. But Snell, listen, I think it's very simple. His stuff is excellent. It still is excellent. The problem, totally excellent, is that he's not throwing sliders and, and curveballs for strikes. Uh, if he does that, I, I truly believe if he actually does that, batters won't swing at them. They'll struggle at them, and then they'll set up his fastball even better, change up as well. Like It's such a simple thing that I think he can do, uh, and I think he still can get there. And this, this stuff is still great. I, I, I want to – okay. Um, yep. Let's let's. There's some people I want to talk about, but we talk about them all the time, and I, uh, we'll get to Joke, them in a do second. It, do it. No, no, no. We'll get to them later. Uh, we haven't really talked about in depth Freddie Peralta too much, and now here he is in the top 49, yeah. just the top 40. He's 32, coming in 11 spots higher than last week. What finally made you? I don't want to say bite the bullet, but it's. I feel like for you, it you know, the higher you go, the harder it is to raise that far. You know what I mean? Well, it's yeah. You can't pull them down as much when you raise them up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's also like it doesn't really matter when you're going, oh, you're 65 and you were 85 last week. But it does matter when you're out of the top 40 and then going to number 32. Right. Uh, so what brought him there? So essentially, I've been categorizing uh, Peralta as a cherry bomb. He's like the premier one okay. because he does throw cross body um, a ton. And we've seen many in the past throw cross body. And it's essentially just like, hey, you are going to have volatility issues. And that's kind of what we see from Peralta. He's general disarray for a reason, right? Yeah. He's not someone I think of when I think of excellent pristine command, not Peralta. However, despite all of this, uh, Peralta's been incredibly consistent with strikeouts. Only uh, Actually, one start of the year has not been at least seven strikeouts, and that was the first one. That was the first game of two innings. Yeah. And that was, I believe, actually in relief, and it was six games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's essentially, that's all the outs he could do. I. Uh, He's consistent in that way. His last uh, four games, uh, only really one, really only one blow up the entire year. Is five earned runs against the Phillies, and that kind of solidified. Like, oh yeah, right, he is that, still that cherry bomb. Uh, he's just doing it more often than the, and the failing at this point. And it's so hard to hit his stuff. It is, it is absolutely ridiculous. Fourteen percent swing strike rate on his fastball. Thirty-four uh, percent CSW on your fastball, mm. which is it's that just kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, he's also getting in the zone really well, 53% this year. 
Um, that's what you want to see from uh, Freddie Peralta because it's such an effective pitch. Just to put that in perspective, last year for Peralta, it was 44% zone rate. So huge, huge jump there so far. Hopefully he can continue with that. And of course, he has a slider right now that's doing really good things. 20% swing strike rate on it. Uh, the O swing's only at 29, and that's more so because he makes a lot of mistakes with the pitch mm. and less so of like he's not gained the bites. But I. Uh, just don't make those mistakes, and it's fine. Yeah, stop. Yeah, there it is. We're done here. Uh, 37% CSW on that pitch as well. So really good stuff. When it lands in the zone, they either take it or they swing and miss, essentially. It's good stuff. So uh, what Peralta's doing, it's filthy. He's also going longer in games. Three yep. of his last four have been at least six innings. Freddy Peralta essentially is just like, all right, if you roster Freddy Peralta and he was lower on the list, you would have a problem, you know? Yeah. And you would think, like, no, I, I see Peralta, and there's no way i drop him for these other, other guys. He's just performing too well. So here he is. I like it. I dig it. Uh, it's kind of exciting. Uh, I know a lot of people were very high on him coming into the year. I, I, the one person, I, we, we, I, like I said, we talk about him every week. Go I, ahead. I, Robbie Ray, rising eight. Yeah, dude. He's I, so good. F- another three home runs. I know, four. but that's, okay. But that's Ever the, since I've said no, no, all no, no, he does no, no. give up home runs. First of all, okay, okay, hold on. Okay. All he's done is, is give it a home run. It's 40, and strike people up. Right now, it's a 42-2 and two strikeout per walk in yep. his last uh, five games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, home run rates generally go down. They generally do. They generally <laughs> do. Robbie Ray, his home run rate <laughs> has increased gonna, every the past four like, starts. He can't. Okay. It was okay. Especially when all he does is throw four receivers. <laughs> I would rather have it this way. Than so you have a good strikeouts and a really good whip, uh-huh. than just the strikeouts and low innings and a bad ERA and whip. And I do believe that as he continues to do this, the the slider and the curveball will continue to improve. The slider is improving. We've seen this already. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just going to do more to get guys off of the heater. He's going to rely less and less on that heater in the zone. I will say he he's not going to allow three home runs every game. Yeah, but, okay, so allow two like he's done the past two games before that. Well, it could be like two or three. Oh, come runs. on! But yeah, it could like, be, but it's... This is the risk-reward you're taking. And, like, let's think about this, really. It's not typical for someone to allow this many home runs. It's just not. Yeah, sure. It's also not typical to allow first-pitch home runs to everyone you see, but Matthew Boyd did it. You know what I mean? It right, is... and that's an exception. So are you going to say, are you going to acknowledge that right now that Robbie Wright is that exception or not? I'm not really ready to make that assumption. I'll say that even uh, last week we talked about, you know, there's a fork in the road, right? Either he sticks with that four-seamer, or no, he sticks with the four-seamer, he incorporates the slider, and we'll see which direction he goes and when the slider came in, right? Uh-huh. We saw the increase in the slider. Yes, we saw 9Ks, which we'd already seen before. Then we saw three home runs. Sure. So I think I, I'm not solidified that the increase in slider yeah. rate is automatically going to be I great I think he's him. in a very good place where, like, that is, <laughs> I can make the argument right now that that is the floor that we're seeing now of what he's doing. Yeah. And I think it's going to get better. I just think the, what a fun line, 4.4 ERA, 5 FIP, 5.06 FIP, okay? Because they think home runs are, yeah. And but Sierra then, is like 2.5 or something. No, his X FIP is 2.4, yeah. which I love. Yeah, <laughs> that cracks me up. Uh, I mean, right, but this is why I don't love X FIP, because I am acknowledging 100%. I am acknowledging that. I mean, not saying there's no val- uh, validity to, to X FIP, it's just... Right, that that's ignoring the fact that Ray, is with his approach, is going to be more susceptible. The question, of course, is how susceptible and how much, you know, is this going to be just Matt Boyd 2019 again? It could be. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot where how much weight are we putting on ERA when we give pitching analysis? Because a good whip and a lot of strikeouts and win potential, those are very valuable things. Mm-hmm. And if so, like Robbie Ray's going six innings, three and runs every time, right? 
Like, still good win potential being on the Blue Jays doing that. Yep. You're going to get a good whip. You're going to get excellent strikeout production. That's still valuable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's two different hats, right? Because when we're analyzing yeah. it in terms of pitching analysis, that's different than when we're analyzing it in yeah, terms well, of right. it's a category we need to ultimately, think about. Ultimately, in baseball, the only thing that matters is how many earned runs are you allowing and how many innings are you doing that for. Yeah. That's literally it. Whip doesn't matter. Strikeouts don't matter. Walks don't matter. None of that matters. The only thing that matters when it comes to pitching are those two things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a, it's a bit of a nuanced it's question fantasy for fest. sure. <laughs> if you start putting an AGA label on Robbie Ray, I'm out. Um well, Next. I mean, he won't. I won't give it to him unless he deserves it. Yeah, I know, but I, he doesn't deserve it if he's doing a four year A. <laughs> if he's doing a four year A, it sounds like you, you kids Don't. do it and you're dope. Uh, <laughs> doing a four year A. Oh no, is that a four year A? I want to give some time to to hand it over to the person who is leading. Uh, yeah, we already talked about tier six and what went into tier six. I'm focusing on making sure all the tiers are properly talked about. But I do want to give you some time to talk about a guy that I, I haven't seen you as excited about a pitcher turning things around in quite some time. I don't think it was an all caps tweet, but it was a very excited tweet was, about I think the guy. It was it was, it was in all caps. It was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, oh my God, zoom out. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that is the guy who is leading off tier seven, rising 32 spots. Is Patrick Corbin back? Fast, do you think he's back? Because no. What? It's, what? It's been what? One start? Oh my. But Fast, do you realize how good that start was? Yeah, sure. And do you realize like he did everything differently? Yeah. Um. What's his name? Uh. Uh. Who was it this past weekend that had a real? Oh, Drew Smiley had a very good start no, against no, no, the no, Brewers. No, 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 so it's, no, no, no. I'm not skills, saying he's back. The skills weren't different for the Drew Smiley. Skills, Duke. <laughs> yeah, the, skills. the skills. He was throwing 92.6 on his fastball. Yep. Okay, and this is some, if you're thinking about Patrick Corbin, it's like 91 is what we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. If we, if you remember 2020, oh no, what's going on with Patrick Corbin? It was sub 90 at times, 92.6 miles per hour, and then the next part, which is so great, slider locations were excellent and then turned into 13 whiffs. Yeah. I watched this game. I did the video breakdown, all of it. It was 100% deserved success. Now, I understand he did this once. Is he going to do it a second time, a third time? Is this all of a sudden fixed? Yes. This is why I have a thing called a tiara. Mm. He is a guy that could turn it around right away. Yeah. When you do it this well, when you take that massive step forward. You clearly made a tweak. You have found that slider again that you've had for years. You got out of the funk. Generally, we see this sticking and not just falling apart in the next start. It's the difference between uh, a former ace or really like a guy that we have been expecting to do well than just someone like Chase Anderson having a birthday party is what I call it, where it happens once a year and we're all happy it happened. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was a wonderful day. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, then we got to wait another year for the next one, okay? This was not a birthday party. No, I agree. I, I, you, your question was very clear though about like, is this where he's finally turned it around? And all I'm saying is, it's good to see it over two starts as opposed yeah, to you're one. being conservative with it. I understand. I'll put it this way too. I hope, I think we is someone that we advise to buy low on, yeah. and I hope you did. I hope you didn't sell because I do think that this is more realistic about. I don't know if he's going to be nine Ks and no walks every single time, but I think this is what you drafted, and I think this is more realistic to see moving forward. There's another. Uh, large riser in this tier before I have you break down the tier in and of itself, and that's Kyle Hendricks who posted uh, a forty percent plus CSW in King that Cole, start. Baby, oh, was he a King Cole as oh, well? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, of course you get you get forty percent. It'd be pretty shocking if you don't uh, if you don't win that King Cole. You know this. You posted all those leaderboards all the time. Yeah, that's true. It was a pretty steep drop off after that. What do you? I mean, at this point with Kyle Hendricks, you can't 
you're not moving them. You know what I mean? Right. No one knows what to really do with them. Are you? Oh, I'll put it this way: Are you going to try if it's still in the realm of possibility to buy low on Kyle Hendricks? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the last three starts were against the Dodgers, the Pirates, and the Tigers. I will say against the the Pirates, he got singled out. That is essentially the whip was high, he had nine hits, but didn't allow a single home run, and it just didn't really go his way. Um, we were kind of thinking like, ah, like he had an amazing start against the Dodgers. The CSW was really bad on that changeup that day. Uh, and then look, it's Detroit. You got to be able to just have success there. Yeah, changeup was over thirty percent CSW, forty seven percent on the on the curveball for Hendricks. Those are really really important things. With the start against the Dodgers, it was an 87-mile-per-hour sinker, and that was really it, kind of. And then he had dropped down a little bit with with uh, Pittsburgh, went back up to 87 for the Tigers, and had all of his pitches working. I'm more encouraged by this. I'm not as sold as the turn on, on the turnaround as much as I am about Corbin, mm. even though it is a little bit longer. Uh, I, do, I am more sold that it's such an, a massive step forward and clear, like... You know, you take off the uh, the sunglasses and you see like an HD again or something. I don't know. Terrible, oh, terrible. Have fun, Josh. Analogy. Yeah. Have fun, Josh Berry. <laughs> no, well, he, there's no video. <laughs> I'm sure he can make one. No. Okay. No. No. Not going to happen. Anyway. Oh, no, nope. yeah. No, it is. <laughs> wow. HD. <laughs> Where go. have you been? I uh, know Kyle Hendricks to me, look, he, he's at 39 now. Would you think the number is so high? Look at everyone below. And you got to start thinking like, oh, right, Kyle Hendricks when he's good. I mean, you were a big fan of him in the preseason for good reason. Definitely. 21, 22, I think you had him. Maybe he made 24. I don't know. No, I but think he was top 20. So that that skill set is still there. And I think he's shown it recently. He showed it against the Dodgers, too, if you want to say like, oh, it's just the Tigers. He did pretty well against the Dodgers, too. Eight innings as well and doing consistently through the game. Mm. Uh, it's much more encouraging. And I felt that relative to everybody else, we have Kluber and Tyone and Castillo in this, which are also our other stashes here. Yeah. I, I felt that Kyle Hendricks, okay, you are in a better position right now to continue to succeed. So why no even one spot drop for Jamison Tyone? So Tyone, I mean, the last start was not ideal, of course. Uh, was, the slider uh, wasn't quite doing uh, what he wanted it to. I... Uh, it's very interesting to me. I think with every single start moving forward, Tyone is a better asset. Mm. Um, I hate, I don't really want to call him an asset, but just I, I think as the season goes on, Tyone is only going to be improving. The more and more that he gets comfortable with his mechanics, he starts working on more things. We saw him adapt the curveball two starts ago. And say, okay, this is actually an approach that I'm going to be using. His four-simmer still gets whiffs a ton at the top of the zone. Uh, you see, like, Exhibit and Sierra, they all love him because, essentially, he still has a fantastic whip. Yeah. That's really the end of the story here. Yes, it's the home run problem, too. Fantastic's a stretch, but yeah. Go. Sure. Uh, it was a one, one five or something like that? Right now? Yeah, the whip. 1.2. One oh, it's just one, oh, 120. Okay, no. fine. All right, so it's not fantastic. No. Uh, but, uh, essentially, I think the home run rate will come down once the slider kicks in. So that's, you know, that's the funny thing that I was going to bring up, too, right? This is a guy who's never really been a guy who struggled mightily with home runs. This is the oh, first yeah. time he's ever had a home run. It's def- a four-seamer going up instead of sinkers inside. Exactly. So I think he really is still trying to figure it out. And that, once again, was like the issue where I was like, oh, it ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it. But it is nice to see that he's never been a walk guy, too, and that has maintained as well, which right. I was a little worried about as he's mixing things up a little bit, changing the utilization a little bit, and that has been really good to see. But you did hit the nail on the head with a 3.13 Sierra and a 3.58 XFIP, that to me, realistically, more so the XFIP is the pitcher I think we can expect out of Jameson Tyler. Right. So we're talking about with Robbie Ray is like, oh, hey, it's the same kind of thing. He's throwing higher fastballs and like that's the that's the risk reward you take. I think that once Tyler <laughs> continues to develop uh, and I do believe he will over time, 
um, with this curveball and a slider, you're just going to get more nullifiers to prevent guys from just sitting on those heaters. Now, we did this a little back asswards, but uh, tw- tier, tw- tier T7, Tier 7, why yeah. is it there? What, who are these so, people? So, yeah, Tier 7 are all the fun guys that you think in the preseason they should be about 10 spots higher or so. Mm. And they all have their things. We talked about Corbin, but there's Charlie Morton, who everyone's like, wait a second, he hasn't been doing well. Well, he just went to Dunedin. Like, I'm not Dunedin. Why, why are you laughing like no, that? It just made me think of that guy again. It made no. me laugh. I was like, did I say it wrong? Like, no, you said it right. <laughs> that guy was like, hey, you don't know how to say it. I mean, that's not, you know, I'm not going to judge him harshly for that. No, neither am I. It just made me laugh. I, I, it made me laugh because I got shockingly defensive about it. I was like, I, I made this joke with my wife every week in Florida. Anyway. Oh, on. my. Okay. So Charlie Morton is someone I would be, I would consider as a good buy low one of the better ones out there. I think his fastball is still very good. His curveball is very good. Uh, the cutter is improved. The, the whole thing with Charlie Morton, I, I just feel like he's just better than this, you know? I, uh, it's just that kind of, it's that simple to me. Um, by the way, it wasn't at, it wasn't at Dunedin, right? He hosted, uh, the Jays, so a little different, still good offense. In Atlanta? Yeah. That's, it might as well be up there in terms of parks too. It's like one of the best hitter parks in baseball. Oh, so. there you go. Uh, but anyway, so I think that I understand everyone's waiting for that start essentially, uh, from Charlie Morton, but I mean, he, he got it earlier on. Don't forget he had three straight games of six innings. Some very good starts inside of that. It's not all of a sudden gone, that possibility. I think keep staying with, staying with Charlie Morton. Anyway, a lot of these guys in this tier are that same idea. Jose Barrios didn't have his fastballs, and I've never really seen that. It's always been like the mm. curveball that's been gone, but the curveball's kind of there and hyper-reliant on it now because his fastballs aren't as good. That should probably be fixed, but that's over time. Uh, we've seen Aaron Savali struggle as he doesn't quite have that pitch yet. Yeah. It's a kitchen sink approach, and kitchen sink approaches generally don't outline a top 15, top 20 arm. Um, and, and that's the thing really in the top 40. Everyone should be that kind of ceiling around here. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, then they are at their ceiling now, and that's not really what you want. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, we talked about Corey Kluber. Uh, it was weird. He uh, he had a success with high changeups and like getting a ton of whiffs against, with, uh, against the Tigers with it, and that didn't do as well. I think one out of 17 is last start. Mm. So, I mean, Breaker was good. It was against your Orioles, mm. um, and he wasn't as consistent as I wanted with it. But I still think there is tweaking to be done with Corey Kluber as he continues to you know, just get more time. Remember, he hasn't pitched since 2019 effectively. Uh, and then there's Luis Castillo. <laughs> hey, what's up? Yeah, or it's like, well, so what are you doing? I mean, I don't think I think a lot of people would be upset if I let you slide without talking about Luis Castillo a little bit. I mean, I talked about him on the fireside with Spore, mm-hmm. uh, which is wonderful, and we're starting that again, so mm-hmm. definitely go listen to those. Uh, I gave also a video breakdown on it if you want more information on Castillo, but really effectively, I think that his bottom half is uh, needs, it's the timing with the bottom half and top half is a little bit off right now. It's creating a little bit worse command, I think, over time that he will figure this out and tweak it. No, it's that simple. Am I starting against the Giants? Probably, but I don't blame you if you want to bench until you actually see it. Yeah, I understand. Uh, man, so we can't go through each pitcher. No, as you just did in that tier, yeah, made sorry. me very mad. Uh, and we especially can't do that with this tier, which is I don't know why I should call this, but when I can't even scroll the full page <laughs> to get through the tier, oh, you just got to get higher resolution on your yeah, laptop. That's true. Let me just command minus real quick. <laughs> um, so what's going into tier eight, which is a lofty tier stretching from forty three to fifty eight? Yeah. So this is kind of where I was talking about before earlier on with uh, Manoa, mm-hmm. where like this is right before where Manoa will be placed. Essentially, uh, there's a lot of intrigue in here. You have Kenta Maeda in the middle, who, I mean, I understand we just kind of bench until we see it. I don't, I'm don't, i not totally sold that we will at this point, but mm. every single week when he doesn't, it's just going to be farther down the list. Um, Yusei Kikuchi is throwing hard 
96. Yeah. And he's going deep into games now. It's like three straight starts of this with cutters and sliders that are effective. That's really cool. And he has a really good start against Detroit coming up. So all for that. Well, I, I, oh, sorry. Yeah, Not yeah. to cut you off, too. I don't think it's that much of a surprise that he's throwing hard because he's been throwing hard the entire season. I think we're finally seeing the whiffs come with it, mm. right? Because he had 10Ks in the first start, and then it just went away for a minute. And now 11Ks, 7Ks, 7Ks sure. against the Dodgers and Houston. Yes, he also did it against the Orioles, and that was great, too. He also, uh, you know, that home run ball, I think he was a little prone to at the beginning of the season as well. And there have been a few home runs, but he's done a better job managing them as well. Right. It's been exciting. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I will say well, there were starts of like ninety four and change, maybe some ninety five. Now it's like ninety six. What's sure. up? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly what said like that. I apologize profusely. Shane McClanahan, uh, at forty six might might make some people upset. At the same time for me, uh, he's at seventy five, eighty pitches or so. I think we yeah. actually talked about it early on. Like his stuff is so good that that can make the big impact that at that point I'm willing to say, Cool, it'll probably be like one or two more starts before everyone goes, Oh wait. You're the one with Shane McClanahan. Oh man, mm-hmm. you know that's that's kind of where we're at right now because his stuff is unbelievable. He it's just un- won the nastiest pitch of April. Yeah, and it's an un- that pitch I saw it on Instagram and I was like, oh my god, one oh one, it's unbelievable. One oh one, it's oh man, and unbelievable. It's, it's funny if you watch that at bat, he throws ninety eight previously that uh, I can't remember who it was um, fouled it off. I think it was Marcana, mm-hmm. and you can kind of feel that McClanahan was like, "Oh, you just barely got a piece of that one. All right, let me uh, yeah. let me see if I can have anything else in the tank and throw three miles Bye. per hour harder." You know, <laughs> yeah, have like, fun. Like that's an important thing that I do highlight in those videos, which is really fun. Is translating how batters act inside of at bats is actual sequencing. Yeah, and that to me actually, in another random thought, is why sequencing is so hard to actually like pin down. Because it's not necessarily about fastball here, change up there. It's about when I throw my fastball here, how did the hitter react? Yeah. Was he behind it? Did he take it? Was he, did he, did he foul it off? Did he go this way or that way? Did he swing right through it? They give you so much information. Are they leaning away or inside? Are they looking over here? There, oh, there's a ton there's of There's also it. so much, like, I mean, just to echo what, what is a fantastic point, too. There is the, uh, so you're already talking about the great things that you need to take into account when you're sequencing. So then you need to take that and then bring it into the second at-bat, right? Okay, well, he caught me on my front foot in that first right. at-bat, and I'm not going to, you know, be brought into that again. Or, uh, well, actually, this is my first game back where I sat yesterday because my hamstring was a little bit, you know, not great. So how is he reacting that way? You know what yeah. I mean? And it's funny because it's easy for us to sit back and go, you just did this, you know, your slider's your best pitch. Throw that slider one more time. But there's so much other, the, the it's chess match, it's yeah. it is unbelievable. It's super it's fun. Best. Even like the Ugh. missed pitches. Like you see like a fastball that goes too far inside, but you can actually see the way that the batter reacts so late. Two of them go, oh, well, he wasn't. He was looking completely away. Yeah. Maybe he's going to continue to look away because you just missed on that one. So maybe you can steal another fastball inside and he's not going to time that one right. Just you know? the best. It's so much fun. It's the best part of baseball. It, now, I, I really, uh, 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 it's a strange transition to go from the best part of baseball into J.B. Brubaker. But <laughs> I, I will say. Coffee cakes. The coffee cakes have been great so far. Now, we, I remember after that 8K start against Milwaukee, we said, uh, yeah, this has been awesome. Don't really expect those Ks. Right. And that's exactly what's happened. But he is yet to have a start in which he has given up more than three earned runs. He's been going, um, I guess a, his IPS hasn't been fantastic. He had back-to-back five uh, uh, inning outings, although one of them against the Padres with just two earned runs, three walks, and seven Ks. And then a really nice outing uh, inside of Pittsburgh against Cincinnati with one earned run, five hits, one walk, and four Ks in six innings. And now here he is. 
in the top 50 at number 49. That's kind of crazy. His BABIP on his slider is 400. That is interesting. 245 on his fastball. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And and, and it's a sinker, correct? It's not a four-seamer. Yeah, you would think it's... You think it'd be swapped, but it just it, it just isn't with Brubaker. He uses that slider a good amount too, doesn't he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a pitch coming in thirty five percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. And time, we've seen times also he's going higher than that as well. I love it. Now yeah. I'm going to ask this question one more time. Who is the biggest shock in this uh, in this oh, tier? That's, that's always a fun question. Uh, I think I have my answer. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I know yours too. We're gonna take Danny Duffy uh, off too, because that that I'm, is probably the answer. Too. Um, it's not Madison Bumgarner, even though that is a fun one. Uh, I mean, I know you're gonna say Kyle Gibson. It's, there's not even a question. What yeah. are you entertaining? I know. I'm trying to not make it just. I'm making an actual question fast. Okay, right. I, I think I've ruined that already. It is Alex unbelievable. Wood, yes, it's kind of surprising too. Yeah, but then still, Kyle Gibson's above Alex Wood. By one, yeah, but still, you did it. So it's like, it's unbelievable. And actually, I remember um, afterwards, I uh, someone was like, "Man, Alex Wood is much better." Like, I feel really confident. I was like, "Hmm, yeah, maybe I am too low on Alex Wood." No, it is interesting. I, oh, so okay. Well, then what went into him lowering three? Um. Oh, that's actually just pushing up like Kikuchi and Shane McClanahan and okay. whatnot. That's not nothing. That's nothing against Alex Wood. If only really, it's that he gets the Dodgers twice now, which stinks. Mm. That's, Not that you need rough. more work to do, but I wonder if there is some way to color code that. Guys who are lowering to be lowered and guys who are lowering solely because oh, there yeah, are no. guys who jumped them. No way. I, I already messed up the labels enough. <laughs> yeah, that's a good okay. point. That's a good All point. Right. Not, not a chance. I mean, it's like what we could do is get an automated process of like having the internal schedule inside of like the back end. So that they can actually be highlighted as in, like, the next two starts are good or bad. That would be interesting. Yeah. Ooh, Fun stuff. Something might but anyway, Alex Wood is good. Kyle Gibson is good. Vargas rule that. Uh, command is, like, stupid good right now for Kyle Gibson. And it's surprising me. But, hey, it's working. Sliders are going glove side. Two sinkers are going away. and uh, or, or arm side. And he has his cutter kind of as well. Yeah, that's what's funny is the new pitch isn't arguably his worst pitch. But, yeah. hey, but you, you can't. Sequencing is a funny thing in that, right? <laughs> Exactly. Thank you for that uh, for that laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious here to to hear the answer to this question too. The proportions of the Vargas rule. Mm. Okay, we're gonna get into the proportions of yeah. the Vargas rule. Exactly. Brought to you by Alex Fast. <laughs> um, how many consecutive good starts uh, do you need before you add to the Vargas rule? Meaning, oh, that's if a good you question. have okay, so now Kyle Gibson has three more good starts. Is it now the Var? Well, he might okay, even so move a out Vargas, Vargas rule entirely. generally starts at three. Okay. So let's just start it there. Yeah. And then essentially when you're at five or six, there's a plus. Five or six. So every th- additional three good yeah, starts. Yeah, why not? That sounds right. Okay, good. Yeah. And Vargas will, for those listening, based on Jason Vargas saying, uh, you know, keep going, keep using this pitcher until he blows up, which is exactly what and happened And then you him. let it go. Uh, and then, yeah, that was just such a ride. I was like, all right, I need to create a rule for this because I know this isn't real, it. but like, I'm not going to tell you to drop him right now, you know? Uh, that's the Vargas rule. Now, I, I, it's the rules of three, is essentially I've been saying before, is like the first is an exception. Mm-hmm. The second is a consideration or a suggestion. And the third is confirmation. Ah, very nice. Right? So uh, that goes both ways of uh, you're really good and all of a sudden there is the exception of being bad. And then it's the other way too of like you are really bad and here's the exception, the birthday party, and then Vargas rule eventually happens. Let's move on to tier nine, which is a con- not considerably smaller list, but a smaller tier in and of itself. Who are these pitchers in tier nine and why are they there? There's so many fast. I know. Okay. These are guys that want to be in tier eight, but they all have a little bit of warts and question marks that 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I understand that they have talent to push themselves up further, but they just quite haven't gone there yet for me. Now, who would you think of these guys is most likely to break into the top 50? Uh, the, the exciting one here is Adbert Alzale. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to say Jordan Montgomery. So you think Adbert Alzale could be the one who catapults into the top Maybe. 50? Maybe. He, he is a, like the, the popular comp is Oscar Inoa that, you know, okay, all right, we're going to deal with this. Uh, we're going to push back the grief. I uh, have... <laughs> And Alzale uh, is doing that with three miles per hour slower on his fastball, right? Mm. Um, but he is going slider heavier. I mean, we're talking about starts with 56% sliders from Alzale, which is really good, and he's had success. So that could be someone that, if he just continues, he's just going to rise up quickly. Jordan Montgomery is someone that had nine strikeouts against the Rays and then just couldn't handle your Orioles. It was incredibly tough frustrating. Too. It's tough. I mean, lefties do worse against your Orioles for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with Montgomery, I do like the fact that his curveball improved recently. He's And same with changeup. It, he kind of also axed the cutter a bit, which is good because that was not doing well for him. Uh, when he did well against the Rays, it was actually really three pitches of fastballs up and curveballs and changeups down, which is the Blake Snell blueprint. And yes, I think indeed. That might be something that can carry on moving forward, but we didn't really see it against Baltimore, so he gets pushed down. If um, Actually, he got pushed up, but that's just because of other people going away. Um, Garrett Richards as well didn't really move, but if he does get his slider back, which you actually didn't even see in his last start, I actually think Richards could uh, catapult as well. Now the next, uh, uh, yeah, I don't want to burn through this too quick. Uh, I think there, uh, I mean, Rich Hill is kind of a fun, surprising name to see there. He's just doing great. Yeah, it's exactly what you kind of wanted to see, and he was a guy that you got for pretty relatively cheap, which is oh, yeah. great to see. Uh, I as think well. it's uh, he's still available. It's like a five, six percent uh, roster rate. Mm. So, yeah, you might want to get Rich Hill. Uh, I want to move into Tier 10 real quick, uh, and we finally saw something from Matthew Boyd that we hadn't seen this year, which was uh, strikeouts over five. <laughs> like, we've seen it once. Uh, uh, five. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he struck out eight twins in the second start of the season, but then it was like four, five, five. It was a four, five, three, two, five. Uh, so not yeah. great. But he was limiting contact. He wasn't giving up home runs. That was great to see. Yesterday, four earned runs, five total runs against the Cubs, over six innings pitched, but one walk in eight Ks, and it is third consecutive start with increased slider usage. Yeah, the slider the one good part. Mm. Everything else is chaos. What do you like, mean? Like his, he can't put the fastball on the changeup where he wants. Uh, Dylan Cease so the, is struggling with this a lot. No, Dylan Cease. Talking about Matthew Boyd. What are you talking about? <laughs> I could have sworn he said Dylan Cease. No, I was like, what are you talking about? I was the like, slider is looking great. Oh my god! Like Matthew Boyd has killed it with the command. I was so confused. Yeah. The, oh man. Okay. The slider isn't okay. So the slider just did well for Matthew Boyd. I'm going to totally transition here. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> now uh, the, the over under on mess ups is on edits is now oh, above yeah, yeah. too. I'm not editing this out. This <laughs> okay, is great. Great, right, uh, great content. Yeah. Uh, Dylan's just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Matthew Boyd in his last start actually had whiffs on his slider. Yes, and that's why I brought him up because you've been saying that you want to see whiffs in the yeah, slider. Yeah, and I want to see actual command on it because he did not have command on it. Yes. I mean, it was hung up or like buried too far. And uh, he got called strikes and some whiffs on when it landed in the zone, but he's not putting this pitch where he wants right now. Yeah. And he's still fighting uh, against that slider as Matthew Boyd. So he's relying on the changeup. The changeup wasn't actually as good in the last start at all. Okay. Uh, but uh, the fastball is good enough. The slider did weird things and it worked, but this is not the Matthew Boyd yet, sadly. It was eight Ks though. That was cool. Yeah. I want to be a boy boy again. Don't get me wrong. You know this. Oh, of course. I'm not saying you don't. But uh yeah, the the slider is wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Now I I'm kinda curious if um Dylan sees, yeah. 
<laughs> no, we're not going to talk about him. We're going to talk about another guy. That we, we're going to talk about a guy that we actually haven't talked about much. Who rose ten now at position seventy two on the list? Griffin Canning. Now he had a really good start at the beginning of May. With five and a third with two walks, nine Ks, uh, no one runs against the Mariners. And I remember tweeting the difference between his uh, game zone, his, his strike zone plots between the Houston start, which came before it, and Seattle, which was after it. And sure. it just looked like something clicked for him. It just looked like he was finally commanding the pitches that he wanted to be commanding them. And now here we are against the Dodgers and the Angels. Three earned runs total over 11 and two-thirds with five walks and 11 Ks, which isn't great in terms of your, you know, uh, the whip with the five walks. Just 12 hits. It's not terrible. Are you feeling a little more confident that this is the Griffin Canning that we, you know, that this is, I don't want to say ceiling because I think there is more there for him, but is this kind of what we're going to get from him moving forward? Is he safer to roster now? Uh, Griffin Canning's curveball is kind of great. It's a 23% yeah, swing strike rate with a near 40% O swing and 42% zone rate. It's like 0.3% away on those. I'm going to give that. I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge that, but it wasn't that good in the last start. Only threw three of them and instead threw sliders, which were effective, uh, with about, with seven whiffs on them. And it, it's, it, it, it's close. Like I want the Griffin Canning that is the real Blake Snell blueprint. Um, with sliders and curveballs down, sliders maybe for strikes more so, and those fastballs up. Uh, he's getting there. It's not, I'm not so unbelievably confident that he's put it all together, but yeah, it is against the Dodgers and the, and the Red Sox, and he did well against both of them. It's nice to see for sure. Um, I, I want to actually go ahead and talk about the first unranked on the list. The first, I don't believe there's any other unranks above him. He made his debut. If you didn't check out the gift breakdown, which Nick put out this past week, uh, it was really fun and it was great uh, to read. And I, you know, I, I just love watching those and reading those because I think it's such a fun way to break down well, the picture and funny. give you a comprehensive way of, of what you're looking at, especially in the guy's first start. Cause you can kind of get an idea of like, if, if his, he's got nerves, you know what I mean? Right, he's got yeah. some nerves and he's probably going to make this pitch when he doesn't have nerves. Uh, and that's Logan Gilbert at number 74. So, uh, by the way, I wrote that. It was, I uh, start began at 10, 10 mm-hmm. Eastern time at night. Yeah. Okay. If you know me on a Thursday, I'm actually spending 11 to one normally writing the roundup. Yeah. So I did that for two hours and change and then finished it, put it out and then wrote the roundup until two. You're crazy. It was a wonderful night, man. It was great. So much baseball, so much pitching all the time. Uh, Gilbert, uh, for me was a little unimpressive. Or more, I was I was a little underwhelmed is what I should say. A uh, four seamer looks beautiful at times. I mean the way this goes out like a laser straight to the spot. It, it that will be a good pitch for him for a while mid nineties or so. It did fall down from about ninety six or so to ninety three. Sometimes I think I saw ninety two even as the start went on. And only threw seventy one pitches. Mm. So it's a little concerning that uh, there was such a velocity dip. Um, it could be something where. It's your MLB debut, and sure. you have so much adrenaline, and you overspend your stamina and everything. You don't really, you know, your emotions get in the way of actually being, like, rational in how you should be pitching. Sure. Uh, his uh, secondary stuff, really, I didn't see the changeup. He actually reading the get breakdown. I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see the changeup. <laughs> Maybe this thing, we'll see the changeup. Okay, third time through the line. We'll see the, nope. No. No changeups. Okay. I, I guess, I guess, that's fine. I guess that's fine. Um, sliders and curveballs were... A mix. There were some that were really well done. Some of the curveballs look really nice and big break to them and nice, uh, nice tight ending to them. Um, while his slider, mm. uh, not it, quite there. It had, it had moments. I mean, it's kind of funny. On in the final inning, he struck at the side. Each of them on a slider in the dirt. 
right? But even as I was watching, I was like, oh, okay, that's not all right. Well, he shouldn't have sw- he shouldn't have swung at that one, mm. and uh, he allowed a home run to Reyes on it, and another one was hung and hit for a single, that kind of stuff, and it's it's not quite there yet. Sure. The main concern I have and why I'm putting him at 74 is that it's at 71 pitches, um, and he gets a good start next, but then it's a bad schedule after that, and the next one, I believe, is against Detroit. Well, then Gilbert, uh, maybe 75, 80, and how long is he going to go in that? He still has some work to be done. Sure. I think that can be a beneficial start against Detroit. But then after that, he's still going to be trying to, you know, get that stamina back, and it's going to be a harder schedule, and, you know, he's probably going to throw fewer innings along the way with all that, so it's not really that beneficial at the moment. Good long-term, though. Yeah, I think uh, it'll probably be impacted, too, by what we see in this next start, right? We'll see what happens. You know, I, I, in many ways, that can be more indicative of uh, yeah. uh, of, of yeah, the guys' debuts are weird. Yeah, they're really wonky, and... And then you can also have uh, a few bad starts, so like you guys Daniel can, Lynch. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can read uh, Alex Fast's second MLB debut, a gift breakdown of Logan Gilbert oh, on the yeah, site. Yeah. That would be very funny if I did that. <laughs> if I did gift breakdowns, but of just everyone's second Every, start. Yeah, I did the first. You do the second. Like, all right, Nick already did all of this, but here's the second yeah. star. This is the real one. Newsflash: Still sucks. Uh, <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll be it. Um, all right, I, I want to move on to tier eleven. We got we got to burn through oh, these. Yeah. Look at yeah, this. We, were, we are going long. We not uh, might. We are going long on I this know, podcast. Want some dinner? Um, James <laughs> Caprielian, he, he he makes his uh, 2021 uh, SP debut. He started, mm. goes five innings pitched with one run, three walks, six Ks. Now I was a little bit surprised to see him that high because they're skipping his start in the rotation. So I mm. feel like we don't know when he's going to pitch. That's a very good point. I think he's someone that uh, Cappy's kind of good. Mm. I mean, I wasn't so like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. But I think he has some good secondary pitches in, in the Arsenal. He can be like a like a better Colt Irvin, essentially. Oh, okay. You know, it, it's not it's not a, like a 95, 96 mile per hour fastball, but good secondary stuff. This can work, essentially. So that's why I'm like, all right, yeah, 78. We've got this whole tier of just maybe. Oh, my goodness. And so that's why he's there. He's skipping the start. Not not thrilled about that. Uh, yeah, I understand if you want to get something else in the short term. You don't need to, like, jump to the wire to get Capriano. Speaking of the tiers of maybe, we Caprellian. have Ryan. Caprellian. Caprellian. Caprellian, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yes. The tiers of maybe, it works in two ways, T-I-E-T-E-A, in terms of, of Weathers and Lamette. Uh, one's going to make you cry probably more than the other, especially if you drafted him where he was getting drafted. Yeah, Ryan uh, Weathers, my God. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> now, Ryan Weathers was someone who was much higher when it didn't seem like there were going to be any injury concerns, and now he redebuts back on the list at 83. Is that just because of innings concerns? Well, he's, uh, yeah, he's starting now, which is good. He mm-hmm. is throwing a little bit more pitches. He looks like he is going to start. And what we had over the weekend, I believe, was Ryan Weathers starting and then uh, Lamette in relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, Lamette's in the bullpen now. Like, I don't believe that. It's I think it was more of a case of, like, that was his turn to throw. Like, oh, might as well just throw him for two innings whenever it's a high-leverage situation and yeah. not actually just burn him in the beginning. So we probably will see Lamette start moving forward with Ryan Weathers. I think his stuff is still really good. Mid-90s fastball with a really nice slider. Uh, that can certainly work if he is acting as a starter. I don't really know what they're doing with Ryan Weathers, though. So... Here he is at 83. So that's what it is. It's the fact that there's like kind of a lack of knowledge of exactly Oh, yeah. We don't know. If, he, if I knew that he was like starting and going to go at least five innings every time, I think Brian Weathers would be like in the 60s or 50s. Yeah. Uh, so the next guy I want to talk about who obviously who also uh, debuts on the list this week. He's been here before, I believe, in David Peterson, who jumps up to number 91. A really solid start this past weekend. Seven innings pitch, seven and a third, I should say, with two earned runs, two walks, nine Ks against the Rays. He kind of jumped on track after that poor start uh, where he just went one and two thirds against Arizona. So how are you feeling about uh, about Peterson? 38% CSW in that I story. know. It's just so volatile. He went against the, the Diamondbacks and got rocked. Yeah. 
previously. Well, it wasn't even rocked. It was three earned runs over one and two thirds. Yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. rocked. Rocked to Sandy Alcantara. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. It was fifty-five pitches for an inning and <laughs> <That's a third. laughs> uh, two thirds. Okay, I mean, like this was a laborious outing. He's yeah. lucky that it was just three earned runs. Yes. Okay. So that doesn't breed confidence for me with David Peterson. Sure. Uh, it was good to see both his slider and his four seamer get whiffs in this one. Uh, that that was certainly a positive. Really nice CSW. We're talking about forty-five percent on that fastball in the start. It was great. I uh, I don't know if I can buy that, and it wasn't as well commanded as I've seen. Like I remember in previous starts, he was all around the edges with that four seamer. It's a little mm. more of like, hey, come and hit it. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we're the Rays. I guess we can maybe try. All right, we're the yeah. Rays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're not, I would not put them as average of an offense. They're below average. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Montgomery did great things and struggled against New Orleans. <laughs> Speaking of below average, though, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think it is Please. kind of fun. Um, <laughs> what What is this? Uh, well, can you name the infield offense? Can you name the offense for the Brewers? Against lefties. Can you name the first baseman, second baseman, third baseman, and shortstop? Okay, first of all, I probably couldn't tell you the full okay, normal do it, lineup do it, for do it, like... Do it, yeah, without handedness. Volgabach. Okay, so he isn't against righties, yes, but, but not, not against the lefties. lefties. Yeah. Travis Shaw. Yes, he is He is the starting first baseman against yes. lefties, even though okay, he has a 79 is, WRC+. Here is back plus. up. Here, it, d- it did not start against lefties. Okay, Sogard. No. Sogard is now a uh, <laughs> cub. <laughs> Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> I no, it's tough. No, the reason I'm just, I'm just telling you, nope. And yeah. I'm not saying it to stump you. I'm saying it because it is difficult. This is what I brought this up in my first page podcast. Yeah, yeah ex- well, it's not even that. Even if you studied it, I think you would have difficulty. Okay, <laughs> so Travis Shaw, I got Shaw though. Travis Shaw and his 79 WRC plus, and he never starts against lefties because of that reason. Is now starting against lefties at first base because they have no other options. Third base is your favorite player of all time, the guy you've got a bunch of jerseys of, Pablo Reyes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, second base, you should have been able to get. It's Colton Wong. I think oh, you would have I been able Wong. to get Yeah, yeah okay. I and then shortstop yeah. is Luis Urias. Oh, yeah, I, I knew this. I knew those, though. Okay. I, I, I would have I maybe gone there. Pablo Reyes would have taken you a no lifetime. No way. Not yeah, a exactly. chance. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring this up is because this is the team that Drew Smiley had success against right. this yeah, past yeah. week. Yep. And I'm not, say, I'm not criticizing you for putting him on the list. I think he should be on the list. But uh, some people were asking, is this it? Is he good now? No. Is he back? And I do not think that that is no, the case yeah, for Drew Smiley. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm why, is, there. why is Drew Smiley... I mean, the fact that you... Look, you've said this multiple times. Yes, it's a bad team, but you still got to do it. And the fact that he did it. So maybe there is something. Yeah, that could that that is a great point. I, I didn't see anything in terms of the pitch mix, too. No, it was just fastballs, curveballs, the same old thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 92.5, I think. Actually, maybe 92.2 or something like that. It just We want to see 94 from Smiley and also a cutter working. Yeah. And we didn't get that. Yeah, so and some of the other followers, Tristan McKenzie falls. I mean, it's just the same thing that we keep seeing it, from him. It's wild. It, it, I mean, his command, it's wild. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, he did actually improve when it comes to uh, whiffs on secondary pitches, but it's just, there's no, uh, it, it's unhinged. It's feral command, mm. you know? Yeah. We have a shirt, feral command. Go get on the Pitchwell store, pitchwells.com slash store. I, it's, I'm serious, though. McKenzie, you can't trust it right now, and we've been waiting for it to really link together. And I was even saying, uh, you know, patience. He's done this before, and I do think second half McKenzie's going to be better than first half, but, yeah, you should probably move on. Now, the last person that I want to talk about who comes in at number 97 had the best start of his season so far. It was against the Rangers, but still, six innings pitched, one earned run, three hits, two walks, 10 Ks for Logan Webb. 
Is this a little oh, mini breakout, yeah. or is it a birthday party, or is it? Yeah, so uh, Logan Webb found his change up. Actually, made the SB roundup called Webbed Feet, oh. as in like it's you know, F-E-A-T. Very nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. very nice. Yeah, Paradis, Justin Paradis put flippers on his feet. <laughs> I thought it was great. I uh, but yeah, that it's nice to see. This was the man that was promised from the preseason, right? Yes. Throwing these change ups and having success with them. That's like what he did. Finally, he hadn't been doing it all year. But Logan Webb now has the Dodgers twice. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So, I mean, why would I go pick up Logan Webb now? Because he's not even being rostered. You know, he had that really good start with the, with the change stuff, but I'm not going to throw him against the Dodgers. So, like, let's just wait and see if the change are still there at the end of that. Then we can make a decision. Yeah. You know, if, like, if he was going against a mediocre team, then I would push him a little bit more. But, like, okay, maybe I'll actually pick this up because this could be the start of something. But doing it for one start and then getting the matchups you wouldn't start him against, there's just no reason. Yeah. Um, that was all the pictures we're going to discuss. What? I what to bring fast, up, fast. Uh, we have a unique opportunity. Do we? We rarely record this late, oh, so right. we rarely have oh, yeah. any results. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Please, 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 okay. please, please. Albert uh, Alzale. That's the one I want to hear. Albert Alzale, just two innings pitched so far, and? no walks, okay. one hit, okay. no earned runs, yes. one K. I'll take it. Yeah. Good, good, just, good. Just that, three whiffs. That's my, oh, well, that's my streamer pick of the day, that's so that, that works so far. Uh, John Lester and his return, his much vaunted debut uh, return to uh, Chicago. Just one uh, inning so far with one and run, three hits. Yeah, sounds right. Max Freed, <laughs> four oh. innings pitched so far, no one runs, two hits, one walk, six Ks. That's what's up. Who's it against? Uh, the Mets. <laughs> I mean, the Mets are really hurt right now. Yes. McNeil, Conforto. Uh, yeah. Conforto? I know. I, as I said, I was like, no, Nick. Oh don't do God. that. Conforto. It's like a Furby and Michael <laughs> Conforto meet. For sure. Conforto. <laughs> uh, five innings pitched, two earned runs, four total runs, five hits, two walks, three Ks, two home runs over 87 pitches against the Giants for Sonny Gray. Ooh. Seems like the defense, from what I can see here, isn't helping him out too much. But now, Madison Bumgarner is on the other side of that, isn't he? He is not. Uh, no. On the other side of that is Logan Webb. What? For, yeah, Logan Webb. I think he was supposed to go yesterday and they got pushed to today or something. Oh, maybe? Either really? way, huh. four and a third, no okay. one runs, five hits, one walk, two Ks. No, that's not it. I thought that's, he was getting the Dodgers twice. Maybe they... I'm maybe being stupid, and I he just gets thought, the Dodgers later this week. Um, it could be it could have been Cincinnati than the Dodgers twice. Okay, that might have been it. He, I, I, I'll say, obviously not great, but I mean, no one runs over four and a third. Even though the two Ks, that's a tough ballpark to pitch in in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, we'll, so we'll look into that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty nice. Anyone but, else? Nope, that's that's really kind of the the notable so far, and then we'll let the rest of the night develop. But I think that's actually going to do it. Wow, that's going to wrap we it up it. for this episode. Two fifty nine. 259, number, episode number 259, yeah. com podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by Nick Pollock. That I don't know what it. happened. Yeah, what did I just do? I just yeah, had a you, complete you brain fart. You can do it. Okay, do it again. Um, uh, let me think. That is going to do it for episode number 259 of On the Corner, the official com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.